And when the wind shifted, burning ambers just came out of the building. Wow. And they were trying to push everybody back, but they landed on us. And luckily, NBC bought me a new jacket, right. <laughs> which yeah, was very fair. nice of them. Yeah. But yeah, you realize that you smell smoke and it's not the smoke coming from the building, it's coming from your arm. What does it take to get a more in-depth look into the week's top local news story? The Debrief brings you inside for a one-on-one -on -one conversation with our reporters. Every week, right here, right now. The Debrief. Brought to you by Hackensack Meridian Health. Visit our partner site, NBCNewYork.com slash HealthU, to help you on your health journey. Hackensack Meridian Health. Life years ahead. So if you've joined us on our Debrief podcast before, and we certainly hope you have, you know, we try to talk to the reporters not only about the story they covered, but how they covered it, what insight they could bring to it, how do they go about getting it, what can they share with us about the news gathering process. And you know what, we realize that so much for us in TV journalism of the process involves, in fact, it has to involve the what we call photographer, but really the video journalist, the cameraman, if you will, who brings us a story. And so in this edition of the Debrief Podcast, we're going to find out what it takes for them to cover the story. Hello, everyone. This is David Ushery, anchor at 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. on NBC4 New York. And this is our edition of the Debrief Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into local stories and how we gather them. And we're happy to have Ben Prater, one of our NBC4 New York cameraman slash photogs slash really video journalist. Ben, welcome. Hey, how are you? All right, Ben. Well, so let's, let's and I'll be learning with this too, because frankly, uh, I don't work with Ben as much. So I'm, I'm curious to hear your path here, how long you've been here, and, and a little bit about your background before we get to the job that you face every day. Sure. Um, well, I came from uh, Columbia, South Carolina. That's okay. where I first got my news start. Uh, from there, I went to Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Where I was uh, actually with Natalie. Natalie at, Pascarella. Natalie Pascarella. Our here. At our okay. old station. Worked with her for a little bit. And then most recently, I came here about three years ago and was able to get a job as a freelancer, just picking up shifts, uh, different different hours mm -hmm. all over the place. I uh, kind of settled into a nighttime routine. Where How did you find a path to becoming a television news uh, videographer? I thought I wanted to be a reporter a long time ago. Okay. Um, didn't and you wisened up. No, I'm just kidding. Didn't have the hair for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But, yeah. I'll do the hair jokes. There you go. All right. Just kidding. But I enjoyed uh, taking, getting the video, getting the shots, yeah. creating the story that you see on TV. So I enjoyed that a lot more and decided that's kind of the path I wanted to follow. Tell me about your time here in New York. What struck you? What it's been like, broadly speaking, uh, compared to your prior market? New York is kind of an amazing place because when you come from a smaller market or you come from outside of New York, everything is New York centralized. Everything you see is the Macy's Day Parade, and it's the St. Patrick's Day Parade, and like Times Square for, for New Year's Eve. So everything you see is so centered around it. It's mm -hmm. actually be in this area and covering these things is just amazing. Mm -hmm. News here is news everywhere. Right. And you feel that. You feel that having Absolutely. worked in some other markets and then now come here. Right. Did you ever think you would end up in New York? Did you want to come to New York? I think it's always the goal to be at the top of your game mm -hmm. and to be in the number one market uh, in the biggest city where everything happens. Um, did I actually think I was going to make it here? There are times I didn't think I would. Uh -huh. But my wife and I came up here and 
decided that we'd give it a shot. All right. So it's been three years. Tell the listeners a little bit about your workflow. How does your day typically start and what happens? I know it can go in any different direction, especially in breaking news. And you primarily work for our late newscast, correct? Correct. All right. So tell just, just let's just start there. Typically, I come in, uh, if I'm working for the late newscast, I come in at 2 o'clock, load up my truck, make sure all my gear is equipped, my batteries are charged, my cameras are ready to go, uh, check my microphone, do a safety check of all my gear, and then I come in and I pick up a reporter, typically, unless there's breaking news. Right. Usually I'm picking up a reporter and we're headed out to our story. There are times when we're live in the earlier shows. Right. It's kind of, uh, it's a little all over the place sometimes. It's chaos, but it's fun. I, I read uh, someone describe video journalists as being on the front lines. Often you're there first, often that you're there, and, and what you do is, again, for us in TV journalism, the most important aspect, the right. video. Uh, what are the challenges you face typically? Well, other than traffic. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, I, traffic is a huge one. You know, <laughs> you get as close as you can, as quickly as you can. Sometimes we're walking several blocks to whatever the scene may be or, or the situation is, right. hauling all of our gear, but um, which the reporters are typically very good at helping carry the heavy stuff to. Yeah, that's good. But, um, you know, get there as quickly as we can because that's where all the good video is. That's where, that's when things are happening. So that's the most important thing is to get there as soon as possible and, and really shoot as much video as you can. Because later on when we're telling the story, we wanna be able to put people there. And if we don't get the shot, exactly. might as well be radio. What are you thinking of as you, you, you come up on a scene? I know it depends on what the scene is. A fire is one thing perhaps, a crime scene is another, a parade is another. but. To your point of putting people there, what, what are the checklists you have to go through mentally in order to, 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 to get it right? Now, obviously, if it's, a, if it's a fire, I want to shoot the fire first. You want to shoot whatever is the center, the focus of the story, and then kind of work your way out. So I'll shoot the fire, and then I'll shoot the firefighters responding to the fire. Right. And then I'll look over and I'll see people watching the fire. And, and I mean, maybe people are emotional. Maybe that's their house on fire. Maybe those are their things being lost. So you're trying to you're trying to really capture the emotion of the scene, respectfully. Mm-hmm. But you know, we'll go over and see if they want to talk about what happened, or, or maybe they were around. Finding witnesses is always really important because as the day goes on, you'll you'll lose witnesses. They'll go off and do their own thing, and and disappear from the scene. So. so time is of an element, of course, especially you shoot as much as you can, as quickly as you can. You know, I took note, you, you mentioned the word respectfully, because all too often I think we get kind of stereotyped as just this cold-hearted media that rushes into a scene, puts a camera and a mic in someone's face in a time of distress, and then leaves. Um, but I don't know that people understand that many of us, I mean, sure, there are rotten apples in any industry, but many of us do think about the emotional impact of what we're covering mm-hmm. and the people involved. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, a lot of these stories stay with you. You don't just cover the story, you're live at 11, and then that's the end of the day. Sometimes we, we cover something that's very emotional for people and heartbreaking for people. Can you give me an example of something that stayed with you in your career? How many years have you been doing now, Ben? I've been all, all, almost 10 years. Almost 10 years, almost all till three in New York. Any, any, it's always a tough question, right? Oh, what story sticks with you? But I don't know right. if you... You know, when the, uh, the solar eclipse happened recently... Right. I got to shoot the solar eclipse from the top of the Empire State Building, from the antenna. 
Wow. We are on the 103rd floor of the Empire State Building. Now, on any given day right here in New York, people are walking around with their necks crypt upward, looking towards the signs, looking towards the lights, looking towards the skyscrapers. But today, people were aiming just a little bit higher. Tell me about that. How was that arranged? How did that idea come about? That was a Dave Price special. Dave Price, our meteorologist, right. Storm Team Four. He had the, the the thought to do that. He had the thought. He got us in. They they contacted us and were like, "Hey, would you like to check it out from the most iconic place in New York, arguably?" So uh, tell me about that. What did you have to adjust for? Now you're shooting up top there. Tell me, take me through the process to shoot a solar eclipse. Actually, sure. You have to uh, first get over the vertigo <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of being at you know the top of the world, basically looking right. around. Um, at everything beneath you. And you're standing on a foot and a half long or a wide platform. Right. So there's not a whole lot of space to move around. You kind of get everything planted. And the problem with shooting the sun is it's constantly moving. Do you have to adjust anything on the camera to do this? Once you, once you get your first settings for light and um, focus, right. then you're just having to constantly, every five minutes, shift the camera. Because right. gotcha. we're constantly moving around the sun. Right. So. I stood out there for hours in the wind. Really? With the skyline below me, which is different. Constantly having to change my camera and move my camera to follow the sun as the uh, solar eclipse happened, which was, it was a very cool yeah, experience. experience. Right. Um, for a, 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 certainly a break from perhaps more run-of-the-mill things that you have to do on a this nightly basis. For you know, you. We do a lot of, of crime and, and um, fires and yeah. that kind of thing, so to break it up every once in a while with something I will never forget is awesome. Yeah, true. You had sent us a couple other things. Uh, explain this, that I literally caught fire while covering a fire. There was a big fire in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Breaking news, an update at 5.30, a fire at an apartment complex in Fort Lee, New Jersey. For a while, we were seeing smoke and flames shooting out of the building. Let's go straight to Sarah Wallace, live at the scene. Sarah, are firefighters any closer to knocking this down? Well, Stefan and Stacy, you can see behind me, there is still smoke pouring out of this five-story apartment building. So I got really close to the fire, probably closer than you should be getting. I think I remember that one. You, you, you happened to be there, because and our crews were there almost before fire personnel right right for a lot of the fire personnel yeah the, we had a reporter and photographer who were over there yeah already uh and then i went and met up with them and there was just smoke everywhere they actually thought they had the fire contained and then it just blew up basically yeah. <laughs> like it, it was crazy. it was a total loss the entire building and when the wind shifted burning ambers just came out of the building wow. and they were trying to push everybody back but they landed on us and luckily NBC bought me a new jacket, right? <laughs> which yeah, was very right. nice of them. Yeah. But yeah, you realize that you smell smoke, and it's not the smoke coming from the building; it's coming from your arm. And yeah. then, and well worth noting that at times our our video video journalists are in harm's way because they rush to the scene so quickly, um, trying to get the shot. Right, you're always responsible, be, but it, some things happen. You have to be aware, for sure. It's, it's easy to get caught up in the moment and get caught up in trying to get the shot that's really going to tell your story, but you have to be paying attention to what's going on around you. Ben, how do you distinguish, since if you're rolling up on a fire, rolling up on any scene, how do you distinguish what you're doing from another video journalist next to you? You know, I always try to pay attention to the details. I always try to get the shots that I know other people aren't necessarily seeing, because there may be 
there may be somebody's reaction that nobody else saw, but I saw that. And then if I saw that, maybe I'll nudge my reporter and say, hey, I got some great video of that guy. He looks like he's upset or, or you know, might have something that he wants to talk about. We'll try to go talk to him, you know, aside from everybody else and get something different to really like personalize the story, which not everybody will do. Some people will go and they'll shoot the flames and they'll shoot the firefighters and that's that's it. But without having that personal emotion behind the story, I feel like, what's the point? We're trying to drive it home with the people who are affected, not just what happened. So I try to go out of my way to get the story of the person as opposed to the story of the event. Finally, let me ask you this. Here we are on a podcast, which I can't even say is the latest entry in the digital landscape that keeps right. changing, but it is a recent entry. Um, how has digital media, we know it's impacted our business, but for you as a video journalist, the, the, the idea that anyone now can pop up their phone, they start shooting, um, some of that, frankly, can end up on our newscast now. Sure. How does that change both professionally and just from a personal level mindset? Um, I still try to do it better <laughs> than everybody else with their phones. But, you know, the way phones are nowadays, people are getting video before we even show up. Right. And, and some of that video is good video, which is, from a storytelling standpoint, we're allowed to, you know, we can include that into our story and really, like, take people there even before we were able to get there. People are getting a much more immediate look at what's happening and then it's our job to come in and, and polish it up and kind of give some context to what's happening. Bingo. I think that's it. It's the context that those of us who uh, do this as a career try to provide and the credibility with it. Ben, thank you for sharing this with us. This is the first. We hope to invite uh, some of our, uh, I call them photogs because I've been around a while. That's what we are. I know. It's okay. It's all right. But our video journalists on from time to time, uh, and, and you're the first, so, so thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm David Usher, your host of the Debrief Podcast. We want to thank our excellent production team, uh, Jesse Edwards, Liam McBain, and Ben Berkowitz from the NBC New York Digital Unit. Uh, We'll see you next time from our busy newsroom on the Debrief.